the Voices of the Valley, Episode 2. My guest today is Mr. Samuel Chen. He is a bio-faculty member here at Moraine Valley. And thank you for coming on today. Thanks. How are you? Appreciate it. It's glad to be here. Uh, awesome. Doing well. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Um, so my first question for you, uh, if you don't mind, can I ask your age? Sure. I'm 46 years old. 46 years old. So I'm 20. If you could tell yourself when you were 20, if you have any piece of advice, what do you think you'd tell yourself? Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what type of advice? I mean, I would think. Like, if you think about back to when you were 20, what you were worried about, what you were thinking about, your uh, goals and stuff like that, what do you think you would go back and, and tell yourself as a man of 46? Sure. One of the things that I enjoy is being an explorer. Yeah. And uh, you feel at 20, you have to have it all together. Mm -hmm. And life is both long mm -hmm. and short. It's long if you're really exploring, if you think, oh, you know what, I have to get my job at 20. That's not true. Uh, you know, you have to get it right when you have to make your decision of what you want to do for the rest of your life at 20. Mm -hmm. Say, no, life is long enough that you're able to do a lot of different things. Long enough that you can try a career and then not like it, and then mm -hmm. try it for a season not and shift. And so yeah. studying, and you can always learn, you can always pick up. And so it's long like that, but it's short if you waste it. If you waste, mm -hmm. be like, I'm just gonna play Fortnite all day, which I enjoy, but mm -hmm. it's not like, if I decided to play all day, all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, how am I 30 years old and not have anything? Exactly. So both, life is both long and short. Mm -hmm. Long enough to have let you do anything you want, short if you waste it. Yeah. So that's probably the best advice I would give my 20 self. <laughs> and then Bitcoin. And Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any like careers that you went for while you were younger that didn't pan out the way you did? Like, how'd you find your path to where you are now? Yeah, it's fairly circuitous. I have yeah. some cultural influences and mm -hmm. um, pressures. Uh, you know, being Asian, it was either I was a doctor, a lawyer, or a businessman. Oh so, wow! Uh, but it didn't matter what grade you were taking or what mm -hmm. major you were taking. You were all pre-med. Even if you're pre-law, you're pre-med first. And so. Yeah. Part of it was I really enjoyed being, um, not necessarily pre-med, but exploring the human body yeah. and the complexities that it has of that. Mm -hmm. Didn't really like political stuff. I didn't really like history as much. Yeah. And noticed myself just not engaged with that. But sciences were, math were strong suits. Mm -hmm. Partly because my parents could help me with those. Yeah. They couldn't really help me with US history as they didn't experience any US history or mm -hmm. learn US history uh, because they immigrated. Yeah. And so, uh, I would say having multiple jobs, being able to do a ton of different things, getting exposed, and yeah. then having at least a basis to understanding what things. I worked retail for a long time. Yeah. I you know, worked um, Baskin Robbins, scooped yeah. ice cream for a ton, did landscaping, did mm -hmm. painting, did you know, manual labor yeah, exactly. throughout high school. And even in college, we come back and paint a lot. Mm -hmm. And so having those things and then get, dipping my toes in teaching a little bit mm -hmm. actually was what shifted my mentality when I was like, I really want to go into medical school. But then I was like, oh, I, so I have 15 minutes or to 30 minutes maybe at the most yeah. with a patient to get their story to where I can fill in some holes to mm -hmm. help people along. Or I can have 17 weeks teaching. Mm -hmm. So that was a part of what allowed me to think maybe I should be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then um, even trying to figure out if I wanted to, is it only teaching? Uh, you know, I was fascinated with medicine for a long time. What yeah. aspects of that? And so that's partly why I went into even nursing. Yeah. So. 
Um, that's really interesting how, you know, you found teaching later and that really like shifted, you know, that really fulfilled you more than what you were originally going for. I did. Yeah. Well, um, what would you tell someone that's like getting into nursing now? Like, uh, any kind of like, uh, advice you'd give them or. So it depends on what type of advice, yeah. you know, I could give logistical advice mm -hmm. and say, well, you want to make sure you do well in your classes. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure that you're not just learning it to get the grade because mm -hmm. it matters at the end. But other parts are, don't ever lose your compassion. Mm -hmm. um, nursing is hugely, hugely a human to human interaction. Mm -hmm. And without seeing somebody else's need, if it just becomes a job, then you shouldn't be in nursing. Yeah. And that's where they had all these crazinesses, right? Like um, when people needed help mm -hmm. and they didn't really know what AIDS, how it was spread, right? People would be like, well then, you, you, we're just gonna let you die. It's like, yeah. that's <laughs> terrible, like, yeah. you can't do that. And so to be able to hear and to persist and to say, well, there's a human on this other side and what can I actually give them? What can I, what can yeah. I support? What can I, uh, and so that's hugely nursing. And yeah. so without the compassion, without the, uh, I would say even love for people, mm -hmm. um, nursing probably is not the choice for you, even though it pays well. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's busy, you get lose sight of all that. Yeah. So, those well, are the two probably parts. Yeah, I never, uh, you know, I never really thought about how much compassion you would need to be a nurse, especially doing that every day. And I really just thought of it as like, you know, uh, more like a customer service kind of job, sure. you know, because that's what I do. Then yeah. it's just like, uh, but it's way more in depth than that, you know, because after seeing, you know, my mom in the hospital bed or, you know, my sister as well, just like knowing like you have to like kind of create a relationship with the patient and then also you know be there you know for them at their women's it's very interesting to see all that stuff go down yeah that's yeah. actually one of the first things that they teach us at nursing school yeah when i went to rush they asked the question what is the difference between medicine and, do and nursing mm -hmm. and so they were like people were like well nurses carry out the doctor's orders or nurses um are just trying to do the the mm -hmm. task of being able to do that and people are like no if um if medicine is providing an intervention for the sickness so say yeah. for instance hyper like if your blood is too high in potassium yeah right? so you give a drug to take care of that potassium yeah. that's medicine but nursing is how do you allow the human response to that intervention yeah so that you can have the best healing so admittedly like that's the that example of yeah. too high in potassium is a drug called K-exalate. And so mm -hmm. you take that K-exalate and it gets rid of your potassium out through your bowels. Okay. And so it's a very powerful laxative. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get your raincoat on, get your galoshes <laughs> on, and get ready when you give this, uh, you're like, okay, here yeah. we go. But patients will then say, no, forget it. I don't want to take that. Why would I want to take this? I'm just going to soil myself. Exactly. There's no way, I'm, this is gross. This yeah. makes me, I have cramping. There's no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so the intervention becomes useless because if the patient won't ever take it, it doesn't matter. And so yeah. what's the nurse's job? My job is to nurse the human response to that intervention. So I say, hey, you know what? There's no shame in crapping your pants. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure no one shames you. So immediately I give you that compassion. Yeah. Um, I'll clean you up as soon as it happens. So mm -hmm. you don't have to be embarrassed. I'll make sure you have clean clothes. I'll make sure everything else is yeah. spick and span. So even when you do it, when you can't even mm -hmm. make it to the bathroom and you don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. You just jump back into bed and get better. Yeah. So all of a sudden this intervention on the, the human response yeah. makes that drug 
work so much better. It's like, right, if you just hand that mm -hmm. drug to a person, and yes, it'll do its job, mm -hmm. but they'll not take it, mm -hmm. they're gonna still have hyper, the hyperkalemia or high potassium. Yeah. But a nurse is there, gives it on time, makes sure everything is there, so it's the human response. Exactly, so it wouldn't have the same reaction if it wasn't for that nurse. That's right. Yeah, wow, very interesting, yeah. Um, you know, with the pandemic and everything, what would you give nurses advice now wanting to go in? Have you seen like a, an up in nursing or have you seen like a down in nursing for at least here for school? So in, in terms of the demand for nursing, it's way up. Oh, yeah. It's way up. Mm -hmm. um, part of it is because of the shakeout. I mean, it is hard work. You mm -hmm. can have compassion fatigue and... Uh, some people get scared, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to get exposed to COVID. Yeah. But, um, and so now that shook out a whole bunch of the people that were on the fringe. Like, I don't really want to be a nurse. Uh, I kind of mm -hmm. like the nurse. I like the pay. I like the flexibility. But, uh, so that kind of shook them out. Mm -hmm. um, and then now there's even less. But in terms of enrollment or in people wanting to be nurses, yeah. I would say that it's down mm -hmm. um, because it really does show, hey, look, this you have to care about somebody else and you mm -hmm. have to really be looking for them. You can't just be like, well, I'm just gonna do my thing and then get out. There's mm -hmm. part of investment in issue there. Yeah. Um, especially with the pandemic having this huge need, mm -hmm. being overworked, uh, and with all the, there's, you know, they keep asking for more money and the incentivized to leave places is huge, I think. Yeah. I think I got an offer for, um, it was crazy, like $6,000 a week. Wow. So what do you do with $6,000 a week? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? And so you're talking, I mean, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's for travel nursing. And they're like, hey, just come, just leave your regular position or just take, you know, just mm -hmm. let's go. Right, and they don't tell you all the other stuff that goes along with yeah, it, exactly. isolation and you're working, you know, a ton of hours and they're just, but, you're thinking, no, oh, is this something I want to do? Maybe I'll just do this for a little bit and then I'll take a vacation, a long vacation. Yeah. So well, but that's kind of a, I think it is down. Part yeah. of it is because it is a hard job. It, it does force you to actually care about people, which the pandemic has turned everyone insular or yeah. very introspective. Be like, what's my needs? What's, you know, yeah. I'm in this room and I don't feel... I don't feel loved or I, you know, yeah. I feel lonely or like it's, I should do whatever, YOLO, you know, it's my yeah. life. And mm -hmm. so I think that's part of it. It's the difficult part of nursing. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. You know, I've noticed that too with the pandemic, like a lot of people have just been to kind of focus more on like what they want to do. And, you know, just like even on the internet, like the compassion levels for people were already really low, but now I just feel like you, you have to go looking for it if you really want to see it now, which is, which is, you know, I don't know where like the world is going to go after this because I know they're starting to lift the mass mandates and stuff like that. And so uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how this decade plays out, you know. Yeah. I find it strange also. Um, the job is kind of like teaching as well. Yeah. You have people that want the result at the end, the outcome, mm -hmm. without going through the hard work, right? Like if I said, hey, I'll just give you an A, you don't have to show up. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be like, well, fantastic. You yeah. Know? But or do you say, I'm just going to give you what the, the chance to grow inside your mind, to have a great education, and yeah. we're not going to talk about grades. You'd be like, well, I can't come here because if, if I'm not going to get a grade, I yeah. can't move on, right? Like, there's this balance of like, wow. 
And so with nursing, it's the same way. It's like uh, you're fighting people. Yeah. You're fighting people. Like students, you could say, hey, let's study a ton. And you're like, but I don't want to study a ton. But yeah. you want an A. Yes, I do want an A. Mm -hmm. So let's study a ton. But I don't want to do that. And you're like, but they're, yeah. they're dichotomously <laughs> they're linked together. Yeah. Like, but I don't want to. It's similar to nursing. Uh, you go to a patient, you're like, you know what you need to do? And most people do know. Mm -hmm. Oh, that means I gotta exercise. I gotta <laughs> yeah. clean. I gotta decompress. I gotta not work as much. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I'm not smoking. I'm not drinking. Like, I, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's a lot of things that would make my outcomes way better. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Just give me the open heart <laughs> surgery and take care of me. You know, yeah, they'll, exactly. they'll fight you. and be like, I can't give you that glass of water right now. Your throat is, sorry, your throat is, is not ready to drink, and you're gonna choke. Yeah. Well, I'm thirsty now, so I just want water. You're like, okay, hold on. How do I? <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Yeah. I'm not, uh, why do I have to fight you? And yeah, so exactly. I think that's part of the difficulty with nursing and teaching as well. You know, you're fighting people to give them what they ask for. Yeah. I want health. Okay. Well, we're going to do these things. You're going to have to do rehab, and it's going to be tough. Yeah. I don't want to do rehab. I just want to be better. Mm -hmm. You're like, that doesn't just come. Yeah, exactly. Voila. Like people want to get to, to Z when they're at like A and they don't want to go through the B, C, D, that's E, right. F, G, you know? Exactly right. Yeah, they can't go through the steps. But, you know, it, like that's like the beauty, I think, of like all overcoming goals and life and challenges and stuff is just once you get there and you kind of look back and you see all that hard work you put in. Right. And then you really feel like that's what is fulfilling about that. Yeah. And so like when you went and got all your degrees, the, the how does that feel like when you got that degree in nursing just to better your um, class uh, that you taught here? Well, how did that feel like when you when you got that? Yeah. So one of the that's part of my story where yeah. I was teaching here for a while yes. and got this uh, crazy not idea, but one of those things that where your students keep pressuring you. And I always want to be open. I hope yeah. that I'm trying to be open. And they're like, why are you making me memorize all these things? Why are you making mm -hmm. sure that I don't, uh, you know, I, my mom is a nurse and my, my brother is a nurse. And I, I, he says that this doesn't even matter. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm not a nurse. And mm -hmm. so how do I, so that's a good question. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'm t over teaching. What am I doing? I want to make sure that I'm equipping you guys for your success. Yeah. So when I became a nurse, I, uh, I noticed that it was like, the stakes are way higher. And it wasn't mm -hmm. about, oh, I got an A or whatever. It was like, no, um, everything matters. And I became harder, actually. I became wow. much harder uh, because people's lives were at stake. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I could get 70%, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you got 70% of your patients that die, or 70% lived and 30% died, you were like, that, that's unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, there's no way. Yeah. So, um, so when I got my degree, mm -hmm. it was more of, it wasn't like a ha, 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 I can, now I know what it's talking about. It's like, yeah. okay, so... I feel privileged having this knowledge and going through all those experiences mm -hmm. and having now I have a license that allows me to do this and it's a great privilege to take care of people uh, so one it, it made me feel like now I have both responsibility and the ability yeah. uh, to to take care of people in a different way so I felt I mean it was great to mm -hmm. have that um, I try not to lord it over people because all what is paper? What is yeah, you know, a exactly. construct of like, oh, you're qualified, <laughs> um, except that it allows me to have a basis to be able to like, say, hey, look, I'm trying to help you. And I, mm -hmm. I, and I really am almost like a fiduciary perspective yeah. rather than be like, I could boss you around. Ha ha ha. You know, yeah. so, 
but that, so it was like more of a, another season in my life rather than like, hey, I got my degree and now I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Like, no, it's part of what I was been trying to do and it mm -hmm. just enhances what I want to do. Yeah, part of your story. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever have like any other dreams of like doing anything else besides med school? I, mean, I know it was like kind of put on you with your parents sure. and your culture and stuff, but like, did you ever like want to do anything else growing up? Yeah. Um, I wanted to play... I wanted to be a, a vagabond in some senses because I love mm -hmm. hiking. And so oh, yeah. I was like, oh, can I be a, a, uh, a national park ranger just to oh, hang yeah. out with the bears and mm -hmm. being out there? Or I really like sports. Specifically, I love riding. And so I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, how about if I open a shop of bicycles or mm -hmm. just ride bikes? And so I've thought about those things. Mm -hmm. um, I thought about trying to do finance which actually was a strange turn but you know yeah. as long as you make money parents are happy you know they're like if you can take care of yourself <laughs> exactly um, so yeah i thought about finance because that could be very very predatory and people can mm -hmm. get thrown under the bus or people yeah. can be uh, you know scammed and just to have that and to provide a service so things mm -hmm. like that but that's what i thought about i actually one other time when i even thought about becoming a minister Oh, wow. Um, so I was uh, served as a youth pastor for a couple seasons mm -hmm. uh, during the summer in college and mm -hmm. then thought, could I do this full time? And I thought, I don't know. I don't know if this like that just that path would be the only I, w mm -hmm. I don't think I would be fully fulfilled. I feel like I've been made for more things than that. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of things you like bounced around a lot. I, I did. I see what you're saying with like that finance thing where like it is kind of like a shark kind of mentality, totally. predatory dog, three dog, mm. you know, uh, and it seems like you're way more compassionate to, to than that. You know what I mean? Like right. way more of a compassionate person. Right. I don't want to reduce people just to dollars. Right. Like exactly. If that's the case. Then dollars can go away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like I don't even know where to go from that but like that's just like it, like you're you're opening my mind to like so much now just like talking to you because like you know I, when I go through my life like I always get caught up in like what I want to do and like you know I only get fulfilled whenever I talk to people and I get enlightened like how I feel like I am right now and it's just like if this is my end goal like then I'm already doing it but like at the same time it's like I think I still have more steps to go you know of course. and uh, I mean like as, that's just the growth of life so like, yeah, um, when you were a kid, like how did you get overcome those like struggles of, you know, wanting to do something, going in a different direction, you know, like did you ever, I know you probably had doubts, everyone has doubts, but like how did you overcome those kind of things? Well, um, as they say, the sun, as the sun rises, kids are dumb, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> we do dumb things yeah. and you kind of learn like, oh, okay, uh, I shouldn't have done that and mm -hmm. you kind of, you kind of get narrowed right like uh, your life you bounce around all these questions you know yeah. hey, I don't want to I want to ride my bike without whatever you know yeah. I could do that jump and then you're like oh okay so I know where my limit is exactly. like, I don't have that enough skill so you kind of reel it back there so maybe I'll go this direction and so um, in terms of so I had my my plenty of stories of me being stupid so mm -hmm. making poor decisions yeah. being very uncompassionate being very selfish yeah it did take some people to gently, but firmly say, don't be an idiot, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, like exactly. The Michael Scott is like, number one rule, don't be an idiot. It's like, <laughs> what does that mean? It's like, you know what that means because you're an idiot right now. <laughs> or I was like, oh, you know, I'd be throwing tantrums at like, 
-hmm. you don't understand. I need this now. And it's like, really, really? Mm -hmm. Just to be able to get to your volleyball tournament, like it's not, yeah, Yeah, but I'm a starter. And if I, they don't have me, then I'm gonna, mm -hmm. you know, if I don't train exactly, then we're not gonna get the state champion. It's like, that's just a plaque on a wall, you mm -hmm. know? And next year, there's gonna be another state champion. It's just, you know, yeah. it's like this construct of success versus how am I treating people and what is what really matters. Yeah. And so, um, things like that. And so, yes. I uh, had a lot of times where learned lessons like that. As mm -hmm. I said, I played volleyball a little bit and yeah. it was pretty good. But then all of a sudden I broke my ankle, you know, mm -hmm. training. And then I was like, they just moved on without me. They just, yeah. okay, we'll just win state without you. It's like, so what did I contribute to? Well, you know, what was I, what did I treat my parents? What did I treat my friends around me? What did yeah. I sacrifice to say, I'm going to do this for something that just yeah. moves on? Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easy for us, you know, as people to get caught up in like the present and where like everything that's happening in the now, rather than you know thinking about either your, the past or the future. Because, I mean, like you know, we're we're sitting in front of a camera right now, just talking. Yeah. And you know, this is gonna sit on the internet forever. Right. You know what I mean? It's never gonna go away. Right. But at the end of the day, like, you know, when I'm 60, if I get to that age, I could look back and see, wow, when I went to college and I actually wanted to do this thing and I actually did it. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of, it's gonna be like that surreal moment. Where, but, you know, also like not getting caught up in like, oh, this is the only thing I should do or this is the only thing that you should do or yeah. you should move on. And yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool that, you know, we can connect on that level, uh, any person, you know, right? Because we all go through that same thing. Right. What, what do you think was like the hardest thing to overcome growing up? Uh, just like in, in goals or, or mm. in doubts in yourself, like what do you think the hardest thing was for you to move past or get behind? That's a really good question. Thank you. What was my biggest? I mean, it's hard to rank them, right? Of course. I yeah. was like, there's a flood of exactly. things that came in my head. Mm -hmm. However, uh, a couple things, I suppose. Um, overcoming my immaturity, I yeah. think. Um, looking back, as I'm 46 and I look at my 20-year-old 20, 20 self, yeah. I thought, why did so, so many things matter on these these topics that now I look back and be like, no. But then as the Stoics would say, right, we do our best um, with what we have, mm -hmm. with where we're at, with who you are at that time. Like, that's it. Like, mm -hmm. at this time, it's just a snapshot. It's a season. And so I could look back and be like, oh, that was, that was really dumb. Uh, but it could be like, well, that was pretty formative. And I'm glad that past Sam <laughs> <laughs> learned that and not current Sam, right? Like, yeah. today Sam. And... Um, so I would say part of it is just my immaturity. Um, yeah. You know, you chase after plenty of things that you think are huge. Um, you know, if I didn't have a girlfriend in high school, that was the end of the world. You yeah. know, if I don't, what, what, yeah. what does that mean? You know, but now, how, you know, if you look at the percentage of high school romances actually lasting. Yeah. Like, it's It's got to be under 1%. It's right? very, very <laughs> low. It's terribly yeah. low. And you're like, so all that energy, all that stuff went for what? For nothing? Or did it go for something that was more formative, right? That, yeah. I, that wasn't the end goal, but it was the journey through it that mm -hmm. actually lasted for longer, right? You're like, you know, your girlfriends or boyfriends or your other partners are just yeah. gone. 
after mm -hmm. high school and then you're like what do I have left you're like well I have experiences I know who I am that's mm -hmm. changed from that I know how to treat people better I know how to not be as selfish I yeah how to how to be happy be in charge of my own happiness mm -hmm. not to put that on somebody else there's you know there's so all these lessons so mm -hmm. probably maturity is probably the biggest thing but mm -hmm. that's part of life right and yeah and then of course uh with that immaturity came the the guilt of like well i should be better i should be further i should be mm -hmm. i shouldn't have to struggle with those things yeah. but how else do you grow right it's like somebody mm -hmm. lifting weights and be like this shouldn't be hard it's like in mm -hmm. order for you to lift harder, you <laughs> have to feel like you're very weak. Yes. And so um, I wouldn't say, so I wouldn't regret those things, but I would say that those are tough to overcome for me. Just yeah. to think of like, oh, I should have been better. But then it's like, am I better today? Yeah. Am I better um, moving forward? Mm -hmm. So that's probably. That's probably the biggest thing to overcome those things is yeah. just to get better, overcome those mistakes. Because yeah. when I was younger, you know, I was obsessed with falling in love like yeah. literally i just i wanted it more than anything till i got to high school probably is when i finally like got off that train of hey i should fall in love i need this compassion i need you know yeah. someone to validate me and love me you know what i mean but yeah. uh it, it's i feel like you know and now i see people like that today as well and i wish i could like go up to them and be like hey man like you don't need this <laughs> you know <laughs> right, right. like it's gonna happen yeah. the time will come and you'll find the person you know but that's all the cliches everyone hears and is it really like that you know, is, is that really going to help them get over it or i'm not too sure but uh, it helped it definitely helped me get over it you know because i feel like there's a point in your life you know when you do kind of get over that immaturity of like oh i need the love and more of like i I need to like love myself right. and have someone love that person that I'm becoming, right. you know? And since like I'm in, you know, 20 to like 25 is like such a transitional period. I feel right. where, you know, you're becoming more mature version of yourself and, you know, uh, being, becoming more independent and having your own thoughts and ideas and wanting to speak those things. I feel like, uh, it's, it's hard in this generation just because there's a camera everywhere, of course. you know, and, and everyone that has an idea already and has a bunch of views, you know, it, it kind of, it's intimidating, you know, it's very yeah, intimidating, yeah. but um, that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you from, you know, maturing and doing what you want and saying what you want, you know, right. and, you know, that's what this country was founded upon in the first place. And yeah. I think that that's part of what, I'll be very honest and I'm not trying to push anything, but yeah. For me, um, I think part of what allowed me to have that was my faith. And mm -hmm. so knowing that Jesus loved me for who I am, yeah. not, a, not the facade of who I am, like which is quite the, the dance of high school, right? You yeah. have to show that you're strong. You have to show that you, you're confident when you really aren't or <laughs> yeah. like that. You have to show a lot of things. But knowing that Jesus loved me for who I was and I, not a facade and that there is grace to fail and there is grace mm -hmm. that even though I was dumb and stupid and very like many times just pure out fail, mm -hmm. um, it's not fatal. Right? Yeah. It's not that that's where the grace comes in. It's like he never left. He's always been faithful. So things like that, mm -hmm. like those kind of mentalities. And that that's partly why I think where I am today is partly because of my faith. My faith, yeah. Can I, do you mind if I ask, are you a Catholic, Christian, Protestant? I'm a Christian. Christian? Okay, yeah, I grew up Catholic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to Catholic school from preschool to first grade, 
and then after that, I went to public. Ah, nice. But um, and then the, you know my family kind of fell out of it. Sure. But I still believed in God and everything like that. Yeah. I would say today I'm more on the side of you know. Uh, it was a really good quote by Alan Watts, who's a mm. 1920s philosopher. Yeah. And it was that there's two major um, ideals, idea- ideologies, sorry, I couldn't say that no, word, um, that come from the Western Hemisphere. And that is the one that's been around for thousands and thousands of years and that God exists and he's watching you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the other one is the complete counterculture of Adam, that he doesn't exist, there is no God, that kind yeah. of thing. And so I'm on this like border where I think like equally, if you think about it, they're equally as true. You know, like as humans, like logically, if you think about it, like sure. both, if you don't have the faith, if you right. don't have Perception. faith, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Then it should, there equally could be true like there could be a god there could be a heaven and a hell and all that sure. but there also couldn't be one we could just be here and no one knows why out of right. pure cosmic coincidence and so yeah how do you think your faith like helped you get through those kinds of things like the failures and the goals and all that you know knowing that jesus loved you knowing all that kind of stuff yeah. um how how much involved were you in your life with it so as i said my faith yeah. was pretty big in my life because mm-hmm. I even almost became a minister. Yeah. Um, had a youth pastor, like it was being a youth minister for a few summers. Mm-hmm. Um, it did help me to think that there's more than just um, nothing, which yeah. as I read about it, like if there wasn't a God, then clearly absurd, like both absurdism or nihilism, mm-hmm. it makes more sense. I mean, it's what I can see, nihilism, right? Nothing matters and everything no matter how mm-hmm. long we do and no matter how what we put it's like sisyphus it just disappears right yeah but then absurdism says okay well then you make your own meaning out of that right like you make mm-hmm. because nothing matters and you just make something out and uh it's kind of a hard pill to swallow yeah you know it's like well then i just it's a construct in my head and it doesn't give any reason of what's what's actually good like there's no good and there's no bad there's no you know if there's mm-hmm. nothing nothing is nothing then i think about how um that's like what uh, Ecclesiastes in the Bible talks about, right? Yeah. Um, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless is like the big message mm-hmm. in Ecclesiastes. And uh, I can see that that's true. Um, but then I, I feel like the Bible kind of drew me further and said, hey, look, uh, it could be like Job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's not just nothing because there's suffering in the world. And yeah. I can see that there's suffering in the world and there's pain. Mm-hmm. And I can say, not having pain and not having suffering is better than having suffering and having pain. Yes. So like that's, that's something, <laughs> so nothing is, I don't know if I could fully say, yes, if I could be as reductionist, sure. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes is true, but then my observation of life is like, yeah, it's not suffering, you know, like yeah. that's better. There's a little bit of purpose in life yeah. to not suffer uh, versus be like, well, whatever happens, what happens. And then so, but that's still not very satisfying, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's life, either not suffering or just suffering. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes down to then I like how the book of Song of Solomon then goes into, well, life is actually about love mm-hmm. and love. And so I was like, hmm, I think that that is more than just thinking that nothing means nothing yeah. or everything means nothing or it's just more than me just fighting just not to feel pain or not to feel suffering. And yeah. There's something about life that gives me a chance to love mm-hmm. and to be loved. And that's why I'm, 
that's where I feel like my faith kind of led me out of this, uh, well, you know, even if I got to be this one day, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things right now. Yeah. Will it be, is it worse than a, is it better than having an F and having to redo it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a oh, C yeah. is better. Uh, but is that just a B or is it, do I have purpose in that? Do I say, um, that B is getting me the ability to take care of people, to, to love better, mm-hmm. to be loved better. To, not that I'm validating my existence because mm-hmm. of my accomplishments, but yeah. am I in a place where I can then be better equipped to love others and is there a greater fulfillment in that? Is there a greater purpose in that? So yeah. like these questions of purpose. Uh, so I don't mean to be sound like a, I was a morose teen where I was no. just always like contemplating life. And <laughs> but those are the real thoughts that I had where it's yeah. like, you know, my parents are like, you have to get A's. I'm like, in U.S. history, you know, it's already written down. I can just look it up later. Exactly. Uh, but then it's like, well, no, there's, there's a thing that where I train myself that I remember names and mm-hmm. I remember lessons from other people and I could take lessons mm-hmm. from other people not just like the pedantic fact kind of just regurgitating facts it's like yeah. no there's something a lesson about that and if the purpose is to love people better I could do anything and try yeah. to do those like spelling bees right like it, it sharpens my mind so that I remember things that yeah. I could take care of so uh, that I know how to spell mm-hmm. well and um that when I give the medication to a patient, it's the right medication instead of one that I was like, I think that's right. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. Uh, That's a really good explanation for it, you know? And um, I think, you know, that's the biggest thing with religion is that it is just uh, all about love. It's all about kind of just bettering yourself and, you know, putting it. It should be, (laughs) it should be, yeah. I feel like all the politics of it kind of jumbles it all up. (laughs) Yeah, right. And um, but at the very basis of all the teachings of, you know, it's all about that being a better human and, yeah. you know, to each other. And um, I feel like, you know, one day we might get there. One day we might. But uh, I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime. And even if it doesn't, that's okay. As long as I know, like, by the time I go, I did something that can help people, help the world. I know that at least... I did good on the rock before I left it. Right. You know? It's your locus of control, right? Exactly. Your locus of abilities. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, do you have any, like, um, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, like, people that you looked up to when you were, you know, anybody that affected you while you were in college or something like that, or like any, like, people in your life that, you know, you kind of were, uh, kind of were, like, I wouldn't say put on a pedestal, but more like, oh my gosh, like, I would love to meet this person. I'd love to talk to this person, kind of thing. Yeah, I, well, I don't think I have any celebrity crushes, um, <laughs> though I can think of some formative people yeah. that went through my life. And all of them have different facets of where I learned some lessons. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember in high school where I remember this a senior when I was a, you know, a sophomore, and he mm-hmm. was part of this uh, you know, youth ministry uh, or like a Bible study in, in my high school, and I mm-hmm. decided to go just one day. and. For some reason, he had he had so much joy. It's just mm-hmm. like joy. And I thought, what are you talking about? You know, according to my Christian, you know, it seems like most of this is about not having fun. You know, like, <laughs> I get, you know, my parents tell me, no, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't have sex, you shouldn't blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, no, don't, 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 don't. Like, yeah. so that's what I'm signing up for. You know, if this is the faith, and yeah. 
It's just nothing. It's just all rules and it's just discipline. Great. Uh, sell me more, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say more. But um, this other guy was just like, I just am really joyous. I'm like, how do you have so much joy when you can't do anything? You yeah. know? And so he was one of the first ones that actually talked about, mm -hmm. well, what's the point of all this? What's the point of, of Jesus coming down to demonstrate love that mm -hmm. he that to be loved that we are then loved and out of that we can love others not as a requirement or obligation in some senses it is but um that out of the outflow comes your love not out of your discipline and out of your thing to say okay well why don't i do cocaine <laughs> or why don't i do heroin it's like because then it, it's like it's pretty detrimental to both my health and the people around me mm -hmm. i mean i could suck people into this and that would be bad for them exactly so, um it's more than just like don't it's like don't don't hurt yourself you know like, yeah. <laughs> like don't kneecap yourself mm -hmm. um and so that was like a guy that i was like wow he actually has joy in faith like that's yeah. weird that's totally mm -hmm. weird uh foreign to me and that was like a disruption in my paradigm yeah. i suppose and then other people of talking about um Another guy who was just saying, well, how do I actually love people? And I thought, well, ministry is the way. That's, that's, it's yeah. like, that's how the pinnacle is like, it's not necessarily a job, right? It's yeah. to loving people and to caring for others is not necessarily a job per mm -hmm. se, because once it becomes a job, yeah. your job, Cotter, is to love this person, I'll yeah. pay you. And you're like, okay, so if I'm not paid, then I don't love that person? Is yeah. that really love, right? Yeah. Like you said. <laughs> And so he demonstrated it. I was like, how are you so cool, this guy? And mm -hmm. How are you so cool and, uh, and you just work a nine to five job? Mm -hmm. That's like, and he was a bike mechanic and he was, or not, sorry, was he a bike mechanic? Man, all these things. Uh, he was a laborer. Yeah. And um, actually, no, sorry, he was a painter. And so that's, sorry, I don't know why I'm getting all this mixed up. Probably because I see these facets in, in lessons, all this, but yeah. the guy was, the, the person that introduced me to painting and mm -hmm. uh, he was like I could paint this wall and even though they're probably going to paint it again next year today I can be a good steward of what I have where I'm at mm -hmm. <laughs> with what yeah. I can do at this time and demonstrate love to this guy to this person who wanted this right now yeah and uh, it's okay I don't have to be a minister to show love I don't have to be, you know, be yeah to put a collar and then collar and then be like now I can finally show love. He's like, I could paint this guy's wall mm -hmm. and I could do small things um, and demonstrate how life had more purpose than just the task in front of me. Yeah. Wow. I, th I think that's a good place to end off right there. All right. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for watching today. And uh, thank you, Sam Chen. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. <laughs>